When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. And I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Now, Caitlin, I'm fairly certain I already know the answer to my icebreaker question today, but I'm still going to ask. If you could invite the FBI over to help you find a lost item in your home, what would it be? Uh, man. I like to think I'm actually pretty organized, but it might be the uh, classified documents, I guess. <laughs> I was I thought everyone you were gonna keeps say in their house. I would never let them in. <laughs> well, there's that too. There's, there's, there's <laughs> thank, the you for, thank you for yes no ending cops, with me, Caitlin. No cops in, in the house is a is a great uh, foundational principle. <laughs> Ugh, truly, like, we have a friend. I adore her. And she works for the FBI. And if she, like, comes over or something, Mike's like, put the weed away. Like, don't vape around her. Like, I don't know if it puts her in a weird position. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, but not anymore. It's legal in New true. York. What that's is she going to do? It was before that. It was before that. No, no. And she was at our fair. wedding. And my wedding, like, out on the deck was just various blunt circles. So the jig is up. <laughs> I I actually um, – my partner grew up with somebody who went on to be a cop and hilariously, literally everyone from my partner to this guy's brother to the entire friend circle are all weed smokers. So it was just this kind of quiet – like as he was going through the academy, everyone was like – <laughs> just quietly like walking away. Just yeah, <laughs> we're just. I'm not going to say anything if you're not. Yeah, yeah it's tobacco. Know. I love smoking tobacco. Yeah, no, obviously, I I got my my partner a lighter a few years ago, a custom one just for uh, smoking tobacco. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Precisely. That's definitely that's definitely what you need. Yeah, I think I have like a lot of like single earrings that I still have held out. Like I've since moved and I'm like, no, I'll find that other earring for sure. So I, I would, I would uh, assign them to a, an earring that might have a, you know, a classified etching. So they simply must find it. I was telling my husband last night that one time, this is not related to the subject matter at all. It's just related to this story. One time, long before I met Michael, I hooked up with a guy at his house and then like 
he didn't text me. Like I knew I had left my necklace at his house. Like it was like it wasn't a nice necklace. It was probably like sixty bucks, which like in your early twenties is like that's a lot of money. Like I bought myself a nice necklace, and so he never texted me. And so like to kind of get his attention again, I was like I didn't really care about the necklace that much, but I was like, hey, I think I left the necklace, and he was like, you didn't. I looked everywhere, and then I just kept doubling down because I was like, I did. That's where it is. I did not lose this necklace. It is at your house. Never heard from him, Caitlin. Three years later, mm-hmm. this man sends me a Facebook message and says, so I just moved. And when we were moving things around, I got behind my radiator and I did find your necklace. <laughs> and it was wow. like the most redemptive feeling ever. Because I could tell at the time, he definitely thought I was just like trying to find a reason to talk to him. Okay. It's not that serious. Okay. No one is going to go through that much effort to like make up a necklace just Truly. so they could talk to you again. Truly. Okay. But that's, like, yeah. Men will like imagine that necklaces are an like an, an entryway to a, a lifelong obsession instead of going to therapy. Precisely, precisely. But perhaps I would have sent the FBI uh, to find to retrieve my necklace from there. And this question is, of course, in reference to the fact that Mike Pence is the latest former executive staff member to have accidentally or on purpose taken classified documents from the White House, evidently feeling a pang of FOMO. So Pence had a lawyer search his home in Indiana last week and found around a dozen documents marked as classified. Sometimes I wonder if Amy Coney Barrett might be his only lawyer friend, but regardless. In turning those documents over to the government, the lawyer said the materials were, quote, inadvertently boxed and transported to Pence's home and that the former vice president had no idea that they existed. The lawyer stated that as soon as Pence was made aware of the documents, they were locked away in a safe space, a safe space. I just naturally said that a safe place as they waited for proper direction on handling. So basically, they're like, we did everything we absolutely could have. Here's the play by play. We are not Trump. The FBI then went to Pence's house in Indiana to remove the documents, and the DOJ and FBI are now reviewing them. So as we've said a million times, you know, the key distinction between Trump and Biden and now perhaps Mike Pence is that they're not hoarding the documents. Um, they they identified themselves and then turned them over. But I don't know. I'm probably not the only one among our listeners. I've been made a little uneasy by like how many dudes just keep accidentally bringing home information that might have our nation's secrets. But I'm curious, like, is it that deep or is it just like so common and not that dangerous? It's it's so common. I really feel like the most instructive thing about this is to go back to it's really hard to do. It's really hard to look directly at it. You kind of have to look at it out of the corner of your eye. But like the email scandal is almost beat for beat the same thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's electronic or if it's paper documents. The chances that your inbox is going to have something when you were secretary of state or a high government official that was classified is very, 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 very high. Um, and the the truth is is that like it's gonna have like the tr- yeah. paper think about how many papers you probably have in your house that are completely irrelevant but were really important at the time and you just don't know where they are like you haven't kept track of them mm-hmm. if you're not thinking about it the fact that people are finding them is actually almost more comforting because it suggests that this mm-hmm. they they really don't pay attention to how much shit they have in their house which is fine from like a, a right. me perspective as a, a citizen, it's like, oh, you're just like me. <laughs> you can't figure out where you're, you're kidding. It really anyway, is quite relatable. It's, it's the most relatable thing that's happened in government <laughs> that service Pence for a has while. ever done. <laughs> yeah. But, yes, for sure. Other than, I mean, it can't get less relatable than a man who calls his wife mother. Yeah. Now, um, 
literal motherfucker anyway more moving on (laughs) the point is is that like it's Penn's day (laughs) we also over classify things at a a tremendous pace like there's a lot of stuff that's put on top of stuff where they're just like well we'd rather we'd rather say like this is secret than not because then it will be treated differently so like there'll be there'll be like briefing notes from like 2013 that are like uk being fucked with by russia and you'll be like mm-hmm. wow super secret you guys like that is it's not a secret thing like we've lived mm-hmm. through the consequences of the actual intel at this point like you know it, mm-hmm. it's gonna be labeled classified i'm not worried about pence um first of all not not because i think he's a good person but because i think he's legitimately too cowardly and or inept to successfully sell state secrets so i'm not worried about him mm-hmm. <laughs> trump is a different matter mm-hmm. we knew it while he was present in office that he was literally leveraging the office for his own corruption <laughs> yeah i'd like you to do me a favor though iconic yeah. So he, he's been doing this for a long time with information that's secret, which means that it's, it's probably continued after he left office. So the chances that Joe Biden, who was like, like Barack Obama's like, yeah. hey, I have millions of dollars. Let me let me do this instead of you having to put an extra mortgage on your house to pay for your child's cancer treatment is selling state secrets is really low. Like, I just feel like it's not likely mm-hmm. that he, he was doing that. Feel, feel feel like it would show up somewhere somehow mm-hmm. into the rest of his 40-plus year career. What a twist that would be. Career. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, that would be, like, some, like, le- next-level shit. Like, he did yeah. all of this. And a Russian asset president? the whole time. Yeah. Manchurian candidate <laughs> going back to 1970-something. Oh. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I look forward to the headline uh, at some point this week. Bill Clinton <laughs> discovers documents in in an upper upstate New York home. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits healthier hair and skin. Yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. 
Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. All right. So now I want to talk about some Senate elections and not the ones we had uh, just about three months ago, but the ones we'll have just short of two years from now. So one of the most anticipated races is already in Arizona, where progressive House member Ruben Gallego has announced his intention to run against newly self-identified independent Kirsten Cinema. His campaign said they raised a million dollars in the day after the announcement from 27,000 donors. I think the Davos Kirsten Cinema uh, filibuster high five was probably quite a motivator. And Gallego says that breaks a record previously held by Mark Kelly. So there's lots um, there's lots to unpack here. It's not a typical primary challenge because Kirsten Cinema has announced that she's going to be an independent. So assuming that she she runs, that would mean she doesn't run against Gallo in a primary. Instead, she would run against the Democratic candidate, presumably him, and a Republican candidate in a three-way general election. I'm sure like my stomach drops when I hear that. So first of all, before we talk about if that would be terrifying or terrible strategy for Democrats. Do you think she's going to run again? Mm, do I think she's going to run again? I, she's underwater with like, like from a pure politics, no actual like substance standpoint. I, it looks bad. Like it's, if it's I hard were to, we don't inside know what motivates her camp, her, I would so like, not... Mm. Well, I wouldn't do it because she's underwater with literally every voting group everywhere. She's deeply hated by people whose votes she really needs. And she's basically ambivalent or uh, not the best version of the option for people who would, in theory, switch sides to vote for her. Yeah, so many qualifiers. <laughs> so basically, nobody likes her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't because see if this happens, she, she's going to lose too. So she might as well spare herself. There's a guarantee herself. that she loses. It's a and loses the state for Democrats. She loses. Well, I mean, not loses the state. She she could she could just straight. She will no matter what happens, straight up lose that seat. Yeah, there's really not a question. The only question is about whether or not she leaves before <laughs> and decides not to run, mm. so she does mm-hmm. avoids the entire process, uh. or if she goes and she runs and then the question is what's the split on that vote going to look like and where is she going to heavily campaign you know like is she going to try to convince more of the republicans Mm. to vote for her or is she going to really aim to kind of eat away at democrats at which point then we're in a what then you know that's messy it's messy and the party looks silly for letting her jerk them around like this Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you were talking, it's like, what if Blake Masters runs and wins the nomination again? <laughs> then then like, 
I feel like that's when Gallo has a chance. But um, yeah, obviously this is tricky. And Gallo has admitted that he potentially his candidacy could put Democrats in a sticky situation. I'm not sure if he was referring to like the vote itself, but more that you know a lot of Democrats in the Senate have been asked about this. Like, are you going to support him? Uh, since you know Senator Cinema is says she's not a Democrat anymore, and they have to work for her with for two years. I mean, she caucuses with them. So Chuck Schumer has just sort of been like, you know, we're just getting work done. And then on the other side, Mitch McConnell and other Republican senators are loving this. They're like, I can't believe they would portray cinema who has really kept the Senate and its fundamental institutions together because, yes, the filibuster was a, a founding, a founding uh, principle. So, so yeah, I mean, he made this announcement and now he's really being asked uh, if this was a good idea and, and why he did it. Well, I mean, first of all, we always we knew that he was going to run. The question was whether or not he was going to do so in a primary, and she kind of cleared the way for that. The other mm. thing is that he wants to build, um, unlike the Katie Porter announcement, which you know, going back, the the chances are that um, you know he needs to build momentum and get started sooner. Um, I'm assuming that anything he does in the very barely GOP controlled controlled house uh, chaos monster um, that it is, is going to be a great opportunity for him to campaign and demonstrate what he would do, you know, um, in, in the house minority, you know, he's like making me part of the Senate majority and I can do more. Um, Democrats have a Senate majority so he can demonstrate like what it would mean to have someone more progressive in that seat, which is a big deal. Um, so there's there's a lot to be done for for his side on this. Um, Democrats really should continue doing what they're doing, which is not talking about it. Which is like I know it's it's like a year and a half plus off. Like why are we doing this? It's almost two years from now. Like let's focus on the American people right now. That's what we're focused on. You're right. Uh, not only is it not it. yeah, not only is it u- not useful to talk about it. It's like. Th- the voters don't really want to hear about, about the horse race right now. It makes it gives the impression that we don't want to give them, which is that all that's all we're focused on. Yeah, yeah. It's a combination of things. It's good for Gallego that he started so soon on for his purposes. It's fine for Democrats not to talk about it. It's mm-hmm. like we yeah, just exactly. started the session of Congress. Like, are you serious? Like it's been two weeks. Like, let's focus on getting work done. I don't know if you noticed the GOP House is threatening to destroy our economy. So we're kind of focused on that. We're yeah. kind of focused. <laughs> on work and and that way everyone can walk away from this more or less clean until you get to a point where you know things start getting thorny or there's a filibuster argument at which point Mm -hmm. it's going to highlight those differences between parts of the party we all dread the what should we have for dinner question i mean i know i do i love a home-cooked meal but i don't always have the time energy or groceries to make it happen being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to home chef over the other guys home chef's meals are effortless so i can spend less time trying to be top chef and more time watching it home chef provides fresh ingredients and chef designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash feverdream. That's Home 
homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. In terms of the 2024 map overall, let's. Uh, this is another bright light that maybe we should look directly at, maybe now and then we don't have to talk about it. But, um, you know, this is embarrassing that I hadn't really taken a super close look at this map until today. I had heard people say it was tough. It's tough. It looks tough. Not not just because, I mean, Democrats definitely can win a lot of these seats, but Democrats and independents are defending 23 seats and Republicans are only defending 11. And we're looking at this map and the 11 we're talking about are, you know, Utah, Wyoming, North Dakota, Nebraska, Texas, Missouri. You know, I, I don't want to get my heart broken again, but I know people are really going to fight there. Indiana, Tennessee, Mississippi, and Florida. Those, you know, I feel like they can defend those. Uh, <laughs> care to disagree? <laughs> No, there's pretty much no chance for a democratic gain unless like... Oh, I forgot to say Florida, but same. Yeah. Yeah. I would, it would have to be... And and here's the thing, like there's no... There, you don't want to say anything in politics is guaranteed because yeah. Donald Trump was president of the United States, uh, much to my chagrin. The point is that like it would require like an exogenous event, something just out of left field for mm-hmm. that map to shift in a democratic direction. Now, that doesn't mean that it's impossible. For example, if there are federal indictments against multiple Republican candidates, um, for example, Donald Trump gets indicted uh, at any level, uh, has to go to trial, has to speak under oath, any of these things that could blow this wide open and implicate many people who has spent a lot of time supporting him. Um it could damage the Republican Party and create a giant rift. There's plenty of things that yeah, could. I mean, you could have a Doug, you know, uh, who did Doug Jones win against in Alabama? Like, there's been a couple of those where, you know, the. Roy the Moore. Yeah. 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 You, could, you could get one of those. <laughs> no, I mean, there's there's a chance that you get, like, really, really out of pocket people. Um, yes. There's a chance that the Republican Party implodes. There's if a it's chance. To, well, <laughs> I mean, let's see what happens with the GOP House and the debt limit. Like, there's so yeah. many things that could happen between now and then that you don't want to say, point. like, yeah, There's yeah, yeah. nothing that could stop this, but Democrats are on their back foot. They do have to play defense. The good news is that it is a presidential year, so you're yeah. likely to get massive turnout, um, and that should help the people a little bit further down. And of course, if there is something that damages the Republican brand between now and 2024, you it, it gives a much better chance that perhaps Republican voters sit it out, stay home, feel demoralized, or just uh, 
aren't, aren't as excited as mm-hmm. Democratic and independent voters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was thinking about this this morning, I totally spaced on that part. And some of the states that were worrying me about the that Democrats have to keep their seats in are Arizona, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, even potentially Virginia, they just marked as a toss up, New Jersey. But with the context that people are also voting for president, I feel a little bit more confident about some of those. Yeah. Mexico. It's going to come down to who's at the top of the ticket (laughs) and who's at the top of the ticket on both sides. The question is like, is Biden strong enough to have coattails? Um, Is Biden running? We still don't have an answer to that. I personally have feelings about it, but I don't feel like this is necessary for him. The point is that there's like so many things that could happen. Um, I think that the most important thing, if you are a Democratic voter who's like, oh, no, the Senate, good. Get organized now. Start getting connected with organizations. Start thinking about policy issues that are really affecting communities and start highlighting those things for people who are not super engaged in politics. So that way they are aware going into the cycle. So when they hear about it, they've got context and they're not just absorbing whatever is sitting in the news. They've been like, oh, my political friend has explained this. This is not what it sounds like. I actually think I've got better idea. Oh, this person doesn't support abortion rights. Like it's been super bad. Like I actually think this is really mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking to Annie Wu Henry yesterday about this and she was saying, we were saying, you know, what Republicans are pretty good at is being very consistent, even on off years about constantly messaging about to their diehard supporters about what the opposing party wants to do. And we just sort of assume people know that like they're looking, they're paying attention, but like people are busy. Um, like, Every time something sort of happens, like with the debt limit or something, you know, people will will have followers that ask questions that, and I don't mean this in a bad way. They're very basic questions, and it's just you take for granted how many how complicated our government actually is, and how many people haven't encountered. It's like, you know, what the debt limit is, what actually happened. So to continue to sort of like, and we're actually being truthful about it. Where the stories they tell, the hysteria that they spread around is like, you know, uh, Black history is queer history, and or Black history is too gay. There's there's just like an enormous amount of conspiratorial thinking. I'm going to get a bit of a history nerd for a moment, but this is actually very similar. And this is not to scare anybody, but this is a very similar atmosphere as there was, you know what I'm going to say, in the years running up to the Civil War. Um, going back as far as 18, the 1830s, there was like a real interest in like suppressing abolitionist sentiment and also the truth was not a defense they're basically Mm -hmm. like you can't say anything about slavery that's anti-slavery you can't say anything about it at all even if it's true because it could lead to basically a a slave uprising Mm -hmm. and so they were like Mm -hmm. you can't say anything about it and similarly you're getting this kind of hysteria about um you know all of these these moral issues these social issues uh the culture war it is a war. They are trying to win it. You know, all of this stuff is designed to like excite your emotional center and prevent you from stopping and thinking about the actual consequences of things. Um, so you should be like cooling that down and making sure that you're engaging with people on just basic shit about their government is like really important. The amount of times people have asked me to explain the electoral college. Yeah. These are people who've had multiple cycles of presidential voting. And they were asking me basic questions about like, how does the government work? Mm-hmm. That's super reasonable, but at the same time, upping your engagement with people 
if you're a political knowledge kind of person is really important and making sure that if you're not super engaged and please don't feel like you have to be, but like take, cut some time out. Like a, a, a t- I like Sunday mornings. I always loved like political shows when I was growing up. That was always what Sunday morning was. When you're at brunch, maybe pick up like a little reading list of stuff to remember about government. Just so way you're, it's kind of part of the routine. Mm-hmm. It's like exercise, you guys. You got to do Absolutely. it on a regular basis yeah, in order yeah. to get the And the, the more the you feels. do it, like you will lose muscle memory. Like sometimes I forget things and I have to look up, but I, I can familiarize myself immediately versus before I knew as much and had to like, just like before really internalizing it and looking it up every time. Like I love uh, – yeah, there's tons of books. We'll definitely – we probably got to do a book roundup authored by Caitlin sometime soon to to achieve exactly that so that you can do your – I love Sundays too. Like I love just like like bookmarking long reads all week and then I'll read them on Sunday and it feels like such a treat. Yeah. So again, just take – do that but also like don't let the hysteria get to you because overwhelmingly it's designed – to pull you away from like what actually matters. Mm-hmm. And like, that's very deliberate and the, like not letting yourself get exhausted and remembering this is just part of life. The same way, like you have to remember shit for your taxes. Like just make sure to save those pay stubs. Right. Make sure yeah, to like, it's part of yeah, your adults. Exactly. It's part of adulting. It is part of adulting, but you know, also like, give yourself like treats, like sup, like mm-hmm. manicure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Makes adulting easier. You have to, you have to. Get a fun drink. Do what you got to do. That is our show. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.